Welcome. This is Soul Care with Angie Fadal. This is the third episode of this podcast series. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about adulting, which that word annoys me, but it's it's a good abbreviation. Really, um, the complexities of being an adult, becoming an adult, and what that really means and what that really feels like. I will have some guests joining me, varying ages of people discussing what it's like to be an adult in the world. Um, there was, there were a few little hiccups with the, uh, with the guest recording portion of this podcast app and so I'm gonna try some different things to include the people that I want to include. One of them is my son Zion Fatal who's in LA right now. He's 19 and he is working and living in an apartment with a bunch of other guys pursuing his music career. I want to speak to my daughter, Brennan, who's 17, going into her senior year. And then I want to talk to a few adults of varying ages, varying backgrounds, women, men, queer folk, about what it's like to be an adult. And what I mean by what it's like is I I think there's myths that we all believe. And I think probably those myths differ depending on how you grew up, um, access, um, who your parents were, how they communicated certain things with you. But we all believe something about adulthood. And what I'm finding, mainly through the conversations I'm having with my own children and their friends, is most of them think they're failing. Whether it's, you know, my daughter's going into her senior year and she feels like she should already know what school, what her career path is going to be, and have it all figured out. And she has a really good idea of what she wants to do, but what happens when you pursue that You spend all of the money because in the United States, it is expensive to go to school. And then you don't use your degree. You find out that it's not something you're interested in. It's not something you're good at. And not only do you have the degree, but then you're spending the rest of your life paying that degree off. So I I know that the pressures that she's feeling for the most part, do not come from her dad and I, because we have both taken very um, non-traditional ways of approaching education or doing school. And um, so, and, and we don't pressure our kids in that way because, you know, for the most part, Uh, Yes, I would love for them to go to school and get an education. I think it's important. But I don't necessarily think it's important right away or it's more important than getting some life experience. Um, So anyway, 
what I'm finding in these conversations is most of us feel like we're failing. That we should know how to do something. We're not really sure where that internal pressure is coming from, but it is extreme. And what I mean by that is, like, for instance, if I, if I use the example of my son, you know, he hadn't spent a lot of time away from us before he decided to move to L.A. and pursue his music career. He had had some jobs. He had had some odd jobs. He had had a job at a restaurant, but nothing like as intense as maybe I had growing up where I started working, you know, babysitting at like nine and a half and then it just got steadily worse from there um worse meaning I was going to be working the rest of my life so why did I have to start at nine and a half um but the conversations that we are having are really about when something goes wrong you know like that his paycheck isn't exactly what he thought it was going to be or they his the place where he works doesn't put it direct deposit or direct deposit takes this long and you're going to need the money right away like all of these little things that even as you know like a 30 year old you don't know that you have to figure that out if you start a new job you know, when when my husband got a job in the school district, we were so excited because he was going to have a steady paycheck and we realized that he was going to have that paycheck the way Oregon does it is you, you have the paycheck every month through the summer. And we were so excited because up until then, you know, he hadn't gotten paid through the summer. Well, come to find out, once he got hired full-time, he missed the deadline on that. And so for like two, maybe three years, because of getting laid off or different things, we had no money in the summer. And we had to figure out how to cobble it together because he didn't make enough in his monthly paycheck that that allowed us to put money in savings for the summer because we needed to live on that amount of money because it was so low. Anyway, I'm guessing you all have your own stories around this topic. But I think we all bring some skill to the table and maybe we're not aware of what that skill is because we take it for granted. Maybe your parents taught you how to change the oil in your car and um, do upkeep. Maybe you know how to winterize your house every year. Uh, Maybe you know how to make doctor's appointments because you're lucky enough to have insurance and you learned to do that you needed to do a cleaning, a dental cleaning every six months. Uh, maybe you know how to suss out a person and see if you'd be a good fit in a relationship and you have success on relationships, you know, like 
dating relationships and that's been pretty successful for you because you know how to I don't even know because <laughs> I haven't dated that much before I got married and I got married at 28 so uh I guess what I'm trying to say I know exactly what I'm trying to say is There are things that we know how to do that we take for granted, that we were taught, that somebody either took the time to sit us down and explain how to balance a checkbook or a checking account, or this is how you change a tire to a car or spark plugs, or this is how you go out and get a job, this is what you dress like, this is what a resume looks like. You have at least one skill that you bring to adulthood. And some of those skills probably have to do with personality, but most of the skills that we have, either somebody taught us, somebody showed us just by living with them, or made sure that we knew, you know, both of those other ones, they showed us, they taught us, and they made sure we knew. Most of us have more than one thing that we know how to do, and we take for granted But there are so many things that we don't know how to do and we don't give ourselves the space to learn. And I think that that's what I'm discovering, spending time talking about it with my children and their friends and my adult friends, is nobody knows what they're fucking doing. Nobody knows. We all are trying to figure it out. I'm going to be 49 in September And there are so many things about being an adult that I don't know how to do. And I find myself still going, what the hell is your problem? You should know how to do that. Normal people know how to do that. Who the hell is normal anyway? When I, when I hear myself say normal people know how to do that, what I hear myself saying is people that have financial wiggle room know how to do that but I'm not giving myself that out because I don't have the financial wiggle room to set up getting my car looked at you know and the oil change blah 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 however often you're supposed to do that I don't have the money to do that I don't have the money to make sure that my pets have their (laughs) vet appointment however often that is supposed to happen I, for the first time in a long time, have had ongoing insurance, and that's been amazing, and I had to reteach myself how to make doctor's appointments for myself and for my children, dental appointments, and then last year, my husband was trying to finish his degree, had to take major um time cut in his hours which meant a major pay cut so my daughter and I lost our insurance and you know then I got on Obamacare which is amazing but then it's a whole new learning curve it is not the same as what I was doing before and then if you have trauma it adds to the whole mix so the beating myself up does not provide the space to figure it out So when I hear myself talking to my son and I say, well, why should you know how to do that? How could you know how to do that? 
I hear myself saying back to myself, well, how could you know? How should you know? Why should you know? And of course, there are things by 49 that I probably should know how to do. And I do. And those aren't the things I'm beating myself up about. I'm beating myself up about the things that I don't know how to do and maybe never will fully know how to do. Because access and trauma affects. Access and trauma affects. It affects us. It affects how we go through life. And I'm not, I'm not saying the trauma has to be like mine. I'm saying you could have had a really negative doctor's experience where the doctor didn't listen to you, the doctor shamed you, the doctor belittled you. And that is traumatic. I'm not I'm not saying that that is not a traumatic experience. It is absolutely traumatic. I'm just saying it may not be the same as being molested or raped or whatever. You know, they fall into certain whatever categories. But that is going to affect how you make doctor's appointments potentially from that point on. You have to work yourself up to make the call. Or maybe you, you know, broke a tooth and you couldn't find a dentist that would fix it. Or you went to the dentist and they numbed you up and the numbing didn't work. I've had that experience and they did it without numbing you. And so you have a fear every time you go to the dentist that you are going to experience that kind of pain again. Or you went to the doctor or the dentist and they didn't accept your insurance. And they're like, well, why don't you just get this dental insurance? This, you know, this one that cost a ton of money because they, you know, they tack on that expense for giving you the money. And then, like me, you know, I don't even qualify for that. So then what I'm supposed to do? Because dentists don't let you pay out of pocket. So, like most things, it's complicated. We bring into each thing our own story. You know, maybe your dad was teaching you or your mom was teaching you how to change the oil in the car and they started screaming at you that you were an idiot and you have a shame response every time you think about car maintenance. That might sound extreme, But for some of us, that is the way we go through life. And we're not giving ourselves the space to be okay that we don't have it all figured out. The other thing that I want to talk about is being a lifelong learner. I am probably never going to get really good at car maintenance. But I hope to get better at paying for that maintenance or finding a way to trade for car maintenance or, you know, oil changes or whatever. I'm also not going to be a house remodeler. I live in a house that's 1898 and there's a lot of problems But I need to be realistic with myself that neither my husband or I were taught how to do that kind of work. 
we're not really interested in it. I mean, I'd like to know some things, you know, like <laughs> apart from duct tape. <laughs> but, you know, I can do other things like I'm an indoor house painter and I can patch up holes relatively well. I can do some things, but I'm not going to remodel my house by myself. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to figure out, have to figure out how to pay somebody to do that. But there are things that we can lifelong learn. And the important things to keep learning are how to take care of yourself, how to love yourself, how to really nurture that empathy, how to have boundaries, how to build your emotional intelligence. Because a lifetime of growing in love of yourself, which helps you be more capable of loving and understanding and leading towards empathy to to others, that's going to take a lifetime of learning. You're never going to learn so much that you know what you're doing. Again, it's an 18 or 80. Nobody knows what they're doing, but we all bring specific things to the table. I am somebody that's put a high value on emotional intelligence because I've had to work so hard to put the broken pieces of that child back together. So I value emotional intelligence. I've spent a ton of time in therapy. I'm always reading books on mind-body connection and how to listen and how to be more aware and the list goes on. So that stuff we talk about in our house, like owning your shit, saying sorry and owning your shit and trying to make it right and making amends with people. And so those are the conversations that we've had in our family. So we haven't spent as much time maybe on, here's how you change a tire. But our kids have a deep understanding of emotional intelligence and the importance of building on that foundation. So what I'm hoping for them and what I'm hoping for you is you can look at that mixed bag of your life and the things you know how to do be grateful that you don't have to learn those and be realistic about the things that you don't know how to do and either pay someone to do it for you if you can I'm not at that place in my life where I can do that Find something that you can trade. Maybe you can clean their house and they can help you balance your checkbook or you can watch their kids or whatever you have to trade. Or spend some time getting the bare minimum of what you need, you know, using online tools or whatever. And then take a really good look at that and go, okay, this is probably as far as I'm going to get and I'll keep learning how to do things on my phone because that'll make banking easier or, you know, the things that you need, the hacks that you need to get through the things in life that you don't necessarily shine at. And then spend your time leaning into the other things with loving kindness. Like if you want to be in relationship with another person and you don't know how to do that, there are books that can help you. There are coaches that can help you learn how to speak 
your feelings and lean with lean in with vulnerability and not get taken advantage of or learn from when you get taken advantage of those are the things like being in loving relationships with other people developing friendships um having learning to say no learning to say yes those are things that I don't think you should shame yourself or guilt yourself for not knowing how to do, but absolutely do the work to develop them. Because those are the things that are going to help you when you don't know how to do something for you to go, oh, well, I just don't know how to do that. And I can learn or I can ask for help because I've developed emotional intelligence that have helped me learn how to ask for help. So I am going to be talking about that. I think probably over, at least over the next two podcasts, maybe three, if you have questions, if you have observations about being an adult that I haven't covered here, I'd love to hear it. There's a space on this app for you to ask questions. Please ask me or suggest something. Maybe I've missed an obvious one and you're like, hey, dummy, please don't call me a dummy, but hey, dummy you missed this whole big one and I think you should talk about that. I want to I wanna know what you're thinking. I did a whole um, thing on the problem with nice being nice um, a couple months ago and I learned so much from the interactions with other people that had not even occurred to me. And I think there's some things with adulthood that we can learn from each other that would be something that we could each put in our back pocket and go I had no idea but now when I approach that thing that's hard for me I can at least have what that person said that I have in my back pocket and I can pull out and remind myself that's what this is for it's for us to learn from each other not for you just to hear me speak at you If you are interested in doing active engagement with emotional intelligence, that's what I do. That's what my degree is in. I am a certified spiritual director and soul coach. And that means I can sit and hold space with you to unpack these things, learn boundaries, empower you to live fully who you are, not who you're meant to be. Yes, that's part of it, but who you already are, because if we can start loving ourselves who we already are, then we start to embrace all of the things we can be, because we give ourselves room, room to be that. So please ask your questions. Also, find me on um, AngieFatal.com. I have a shop in there. You can book an archery experience with me that gets at rage, anger, grief, or loss. You can book a mindful archery experience with me that just is the basics of mindfulness and a walk in the woods and then archery. You can book an archery experience for the whole family, which is ages 8 to, you know, 90. And I can work with your whole family. It's a little bit of mindfulness and a lot of archery and a lot of laughter. 
or you can book a one-on-one session with me. I meet with people all over the world. I meet with people on Skype, Facebook, Google, and the phone talking about emotional intelligence, developing a greater awareness of who we are and how that goes out into the world. And so all of those things are available to you or nothing. (laughs) But thank you for listening and stay tuned for my conversation with Zion Fatal coming up probably next week. And be kind to yourself and to others. I'll talk to you soon. Just a little quick housekeeping. I was supposed to have a special guest on today. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, there were some technical difficulties that prevented that from happening. I'm going to try and figure out how to get around that. But I'm going to keep this conversation going. I've had a lot of really good responses to the blog and the mantra, and I want to take enough time to really think about what it is to be an adult and where these myths come from that we believe about it. So stay tuned. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can also post any questions within the app and subscribe. I think if you subscribe to the podcast, it makes it much easier. So don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.